So it's only natural uh, that, that we move from talking about coffee, which I love, to talking about something else that I love. Now, before you start thinking it's all about me, it's something that, that others love as well. We're going to talk about, for the next four weeks, Christmas music. For me, the, the true start of Christmas is when the Christmas music starts. I mean, when you're walking through the store and they begin to play it, it just sort of gets in your soul. I love Christmas music. I mean, it's been playing all week in my car. Uh, my wife created a Christmas playlist, and, and uh, so I just put it on and, and just start to get in the flow of Christmas. And as I begin to think about Christmas songs, uh, there's some that, that are the, the staples of Christmas. There are some songs that are just, uh, they're, they're things that we've sung since we were small. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to look at some of the classics. We're going to, today, we're going to start the series by looking at the song, Oh Holy Night. Now, this song was written in the mid-1800s. And the way that it was written was there was a priest who asked a guy in town... This guy was actually a French merchant, and he was a poet. His name was Placide Capot. He asked him to write a poem to go along with Luke chapter 2. Now, what was crazy about this was this Placide was not a Christ follower. As a matter of fact, he was known in town as, as sort of a, a, a bad dude. He, he liked to, to race and cause trouble. So he was very far from God, but he was a great poet. So Placide wrote this poem, and the priest liked it so well that he went to another guy, one of his friends, who was also not a Christian, and he put it to music. He said, put this song to music. So once they did that, the, the song started to be sung in the Catholic Church. Now, after years of being played and after years of people singing it, people began to do a little research and they realized who had wrote it and they realized who had created the music. And so the church wanted this song shut down. They said, we can't be singing this song because it was written by people who, who aren't followers of Christ. But at this point, it was way too late. The song had already started to be sung, and, and the people already liked it, so there was no way to, to get people to quit singing it. So then about five decades later, in 1906, you didn't know you were going to get a history lesson this morning, did you? In 1906, there was a Canadian professor. He was 33 years old, and he did what many thought was impossible. He, he made a makeshift generator. He plugged a microphone into it. And he broadcast the very first AM broadcast on Christmas Eve in 1906. And what he did was, he took Luke chapter 2, verse 1, and he spoke into the microphone. And he started saying out, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And he continued to read the Christmas story. And when he finished that, he took out his violin... And he played into the microphone, the very first song ever broadcast, broadcast across the airwaves. And it was this song, O Holy Night. Now we begin to think about that song. And we can only imagine what it would have been like to be there on that holy night. And to us today, the manger scene draws out emotion. I mean, here you have it, you look at it, you have the baby Jesus, you have the Virgin Mary, you have Joseph, you have the cows that are lowing. 
whatever that means. But they were lowing. There's a real emotional draw to this manger scene. But as meaningful as it can be, it actually does a little bit of disservice to us when we start thinking about it. We look at it and we think, oh, it was just peaceful. And it was, think about what that really would have been like. The reality is there was a teenage girl. She was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. She and her likely teenage fiancé travel on the back of a donkey. Now, she is nine months pregnant. Now, I've never been pregnant. But I've known some people who have been. And I can tell you, I don't think there is one of them at nine months pregnant that would say, sign me up. Put me on the back of a donkey and let me ride uh, 80 to 120 miles. I don't think that would happen. But in this song, Oh Holy Night, there is a phrase that I want to key on. There's a phrase that I want to, to look at. And that's what we'll be doing in this series. And, and what I hope is, is that every time that you sing this song from this day forward, that when you get to that part, you look at this picture a little bit different. That this phrase will jump out at you. That you remember this moment that, that we came together and we experienced God and, and we talked about this phrase in this song. The phrase that I want us to look at this morning is, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Look at the person next to you and say, weary world. Weary world. Then the song goes on and it says, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. If there's two words that can describe our world today, I believe that it can be described with two words, that being weary world. There is so much, it's just overwhelming. There's so much anxiety. Relationships are messed up. There's so much sickness. There's so many families who are struggling. There's so many who are fighting just to stay above water. I believe that, that if we are honest with ourselves and honest with each other, there are many of us today that could relate to that phrase, weary world. Sometimes you can just look into the eyes of people and you can know that's where they are. When you get to know people well enough, people came in this morning, looked at me and said, you're not feeling well, are you? They knew. Because they could look into my eyes. And when you begin to really look at people and look in the mirror, you know that life is rough. You know that there are things that, that make no sense. And we become very weary in this world. But what I love about this song is that it says there's a thrill of hope. So in this chaos of this holy night, there's a thrill of hope that maybe... Just maybe, for those who are putting their faith in God. So here they are. And for centuries, they had been hoping that one day the Messiah would be born. They were hoping that, that one day everything would be different. And you can hear that kind of faith when you look at this. There's a thrill of hope. And suddenly... Suddenly, what does the weary world do? 
It says it rejoices. The weary world rejoices. And I pray that today, if there is any weary world in you, that you will realize and that you will have the faith to know and the faith to rejoice. Because even in the chaos of your night, there's a new and glorious morning. And every time as you move forward, I want you not just to think about that holy night. I want you to think about what happens the next day when the sun comes up. The Savior has been born on this new and glorious morning. Everything is different. Because a day with Christ can change everything. A day with Christ can change everything. So this morning, let's focus on this new and glorious morn. In the Old Testament, in the book of Lamentations, in the year of 586 B.C., Jerusalem had fell, and the people were distraught, as you can imagine. And so here we have Jeremiah, and he is lamenting, he is whining, he is complaining, he is hurting, along with everyone else. And so he starts to pour out his heart, which is full of hurt. And in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 20, it says, I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. What a powerful text. You think about and you put yourself in the place of Jeremiah. And here he is. And, and so I want to think about and look at some thoughts about this text. The first thing that I want to pull out is that a new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. A new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. Not what you want. You see, sometimes what you want and what you need are completely different. If you went Black Friday shopping, you probably figured that out. You saw a lot of things. You was like, man, I, I want that. Man, I've got six coffee pots on my counter, but man, look at that one. I want it. And so many times we go through our life and, and looking at our wants and thinking, God, you're not supplying. But a new day with Christ doesn't bring what you necessarily want. It brings you what you need. Sometimes they're completely different. <coughs> Lamentations chapter 3 verse 24 says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. There are times in your life that you need to be the best preacher you've ever heard. There are times in your life that you need to not preach to others, but preach to yourself. You need to open up God's Word. You need to remind yourself of His truth. And here it says, the Lord is my portion. What does He mean there? Some scholars believe that he is referencing back to the time when the Israelites were wandering in the desert and they had no food. But every day God would provide for them manna from heaven. And it, 
a portion. Every day they would go out and their portion would be there. Now, if they tried to take more than what they needed, if they tried to take what they wanted, it would spoil. You see, God was trying to teach them that they needed Him every single day. Every day. In the New Testament, when they asked Jesus to teach us to pray, what did He say? He said, give me today, give me my daily bread. Why? Because we need God every single day. The Lord is my portion. He is exactly what I need. And the good news is is that God is already in tomorrow. Whatever it brings, He is in tomorrow. He's already there. If your marriage is struggling, God's in your tomorrow. He's waiting for you. He's waiting to give you what your marriage needs. If you're weak, God is in tomorrow. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. If you're down, if you're depressed, He's already in tomorrow. He is your joy. He's the lifter of your head. You see, a new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. And what you need is nothing more than the presence of God. You need His reality. You need His strength. You need His power. You need His goodness. You need His mercy. The Lord is my portion Therefore, I will wait for him. I will wait for him. A new day with Christ will bring you exactly what you need. Secondly, a new day with Christ brings us the hope to keep going. If we're honest with ourselves, and I went around this auditorium, there are probably days in your life that you don't feel like going. There are probably days in your life that you just want to curl up in a corner and say, God, I'm done. You want to pull an Elijah and just sit and say, I'm going to sit right here and die. But a new day with Christ will give you the hope to keep going. It's the thrill of hope in this weary world. It's the thrill of hope and and of faith when all we can see is darkness. It's the belief that there's a a new morning in the middle of the chaos of this night. Some of you are walking in darkness right now. Some of you, your world is in chaos. We look at the manger scene and it looks all nice, but can you just really imagine the chaos of what was happening and what was going on? Not having a place to stay and not being able to, to find any place. And, and just you put yourself in that situation. It was chaos. But they knew there was a new morning coming. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 25. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him. And to the one who seeks Him. You know it's been said that you can live 40 days without food. You can live eight or so days without water. You can live four minutes or so without oxygen. But you can only live a few seconds without hope. There's too many people today who are trying to survive with a hope-deprived life. And they struggle to find a place to put their hope in. And the reality is, is they put their hope in all the wrong places. They put their hope in their job. 
They put their hope in another person. They put their hope in a relationship. They put their hope in, in something that, in some outcome that they're looking for. But what happens when you do not get what you expect? Anybody ever had that happen? You're expecting something and something completely opposite happens. What do you do? When you do not get what you're hoping for, most of us, it devastates us. But it's because you're putting your hope in the wrong places. You're putting hope in things that you can't put your hope in. The song says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. When we put our hope in the wrong places, we end up hopeless. When we put our hope in the wrong places, we end up and we become a part of that weary world that wonders where there's anything good. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Sometimes we just need to pull this out. There's so much hope right here in the words of God. God cannot lie. He says, hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. Because he who promised God is always faithful. Let us hold on to it. Hold on to it with, for, with all your life. And those of us who are Christians... Grab a hold of the hope that, that we profess and don't ever let go. There's going to be times that you're tempted to let go of that hope. There's going to be times that you're tempted to walk away. But it says, hold unswervingly. Never let go. Sometimes it's going to be hard to hold on. You ever seen somebody riding a mechanical bull? They've got a hold of that rope and they don't want to let go for nothing. But there comes a point that, that they just have to let go. This says, don't ever let go. Don't ever let go. He who is faithful, he who has promised to us. And the challenge is, is, is that there are too many letting go of the hope that we profess and we're grabbing on to, to fear and anxiety. We're letting go of, of the truth and we're hanging on to the lies of the enemy. When we need to do the exact opposite. We need to let go of the fear. We need to let go of the anxiety. We need to let go of the stress. We need to let go of the panic. We need to let go of the doubt. And we need to hold on to the promises of God and never let go. Am I saying that, that you won't have fear? That you won't have anxiety? That you won't have stress? No. It's part of this life. But it says when you experience those things... Hold on to the hope of Christ. Know that he is faithful. Know that he is greater than those things. Never, ever lose that hope. There was a guy in the, the Old Testament by the name of Jonah. and You've probably heard his story. But in chapter 2, I want to, to read just a little bit. It says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the inside of the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. And he answered me, I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. 
The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. And then I said, O oh Lord, you have driven me from the, your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut, uh, shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. The Living Bible Translation said, <coughs> I had lost all hope. But in that moment, I looked to God one more time. In your life, it may be dark for a while. For Jonah, it was dark for a while. You begin to, to read this, but he said, you answered me. You were faithful. You heard my cry, even though I had messed up. Even though I had done things to put myself in this situation. You see, sometimes there's things that happen in our life we can't control. And there's other times that there's things that we can control. Sometimes we put ourselves in situations. And that's what, if you read the story of Jonah, he created this mess. But God was still faithful. And you may be here this morning and you may be thinking, I've done too much. I've made too many mistakes. Well, none of you have ever been in the, the belly of a fish. And he saw Jonah there. And he rescued him. And he redeemed him. There's nothing that you've done that's too big for God's grace. It may be dark for a while, but there's a new morning coming. It may be dark in your life for a while, but there is a promise of a new and a glorious morn. Thirdly, a day with Christ brings the help that you're looking for. How many people will say, I need some help? I need some help. Right now, somebody's coming to help me. Right on cue. I said, you can go eight days without water. I must be on seven and a half. A new day with Christ brings the help that you're looking for. Some of you need salvation for your soul. You need to be rescued. You need to be saved from God by God. You need to be forgiven. Some of you have already been born into the family of God, and you need to be saved out of a difficult situation. Lazarus had been dead for four days. I mean, he wasn't just dead. He was dead, dead. This is one time that I love how the King James Version put, puts it. It said, he stinketh. Parents, if you've got teenage kids, you know sometimes they stinketh. But he stinketh. And everyone had given up hope. And Jesus looks into the grave. And he says, Lazarus, get up. That's my paraphrase. Lazarus, it's time to quit laying around. There's work to do. Get up. And Lazarus got up, walked out of the grave. You think his, he had had some four days of darkness. 
There was a woman suffering with the issue of blood for 12 years. She had shame. She had embarrassment. She had humiliation. She had torture. She had private suffering. For every day, for 12 years, she had the agony of this problem. But one day, one day, she sees Jesus. She touches the hem of his garment, and she's healed. Jesus will give you the help and the hope that you're looking for. There's another man. He, he hadn't walked since he was born. So for 38 years, he laid beside the pool of Bethesda. One day, Jesus went to him. He said, pick up your mat and walk. And after 38 years, 38 years of being unable to walk, this man walks. Now you look at those three stories. Because sometimes our day may only last for four days. Sometimes it may last a little bit longer. It may last for 12 years. Sometimes it can last a little bit longer than that. Over three times as long. For 38 years. You say, Pastor, you're depressing me. I'm just telling you to hold on to hope. That God sees where you are. I've been having this back pain, sciatic pain, and it's been about two months. And I'm going to tell you, there's days that I try to do something and I think, God, where are you? And if I'm not preaching this for anybody else, I'm preaching it for me. Because I know he sees me. I know that he's my healer. And I know that this is not going to last forever because I have hope. He's faithful. And there's some of you right now that you're in a weary world. You need to be reminded that there's a thrill of hope that can make your weary world rejoice. There's a new and glorious morning that's coming. It might be for your marriage. It might be for sickness. There's so many people that right now you're in the middle of the night. But in the middle of this weary world, in the middle of this darkness of night, you can have hope. A new day with Christ can bring exactly what you need. It might not be what you want, but it always will be exactly what you need. A new day with Christ will give you hope to keep going, to get up. And like Jonah, just, I came to you, God, one more time. You heard me. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 and 12 says this, And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. 
I love verse 12. The night is nearly over, and the day is almost here. The night, you need to get that in your spirit. The night is nearly over, and the day is almost here. There's times in your life that you need to repeat that. You need to say that. You need to put it on your mirror when you're getting ready in the morning. Hopefully you use a mirror. Sometimes you need to look at the enemy and say, Satan, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. When we look at that manger scene and all the chaos that was going on, you had those people that came. Why? Because they had hope. The Messiah that they had been promised had been born. And in the middle of their night, in the middle of their situation, after years and years and years of waiting for this promise, the night came to pass. A new and glorious morning arose. And in that day, there was the Savior. Some of you right now, you may be in a dark season. Maybe it's with a relationship with, with someone that, you, that, that, that you're struggling. You know, it's around Christmas, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, and, and for many people, it's a joyous time. And for some people, it's one of the most difficult times of the year. Maybe they've lost a loved one. And every time they sit down for Thanksgiving or Christmas, it's just never the same. There's people that need to hold on to the hope. There's some people that you're struggling financially. It seems so dark. Will I ever get out of this hole? Some people you, you, you struggle, maybe you're struggling to find a job or, or you, you, you dislike the job that you have. And every day it's, God, are you going to provide for me? Are you going to give me a job? Or God, are you going to kill this person that's getting on my nerves? Hopefully you haven't prayed that. But this weary world is wearing on you. You need hope that there's a new day coming. This song, Oh Holy Night, a, a non-Christian wrote this song. And so that tells us that you can know the story of Christmas without knowing the Savior of the world. And there's some of you here that, that you need to be seeking and you're seeking salvation you've been looking everywhere you've been looking to, to all different sources but you continue just empty you keep seeking you're in a dark place the night is almost over 
There's some here that you think that, that, well, I'll just be a good person. I'll just, I'll do enough stuff. I'll work myself into heaven. It doesn't work that way. saved by our works saved by putting our trust and our faith and our hope confessing saying Lord be the Lord of my life no matter what your situation is this morning no matter where you are no matter what you're going through it may be the darkest the darkest of night there's hope there's a thrill of hope your weary world can rejoice God sees your situation God knows what you're going through no matter how long it's been he still sees you. The night is almost over. Hold on to the hope in Him. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, Pastor, that's me. Something that you said resonates with my soul. here this morning and say, Pastor, I, I'm struggling. It looks so dark. I don't know which way to turn. I've tried giving it to God and it just still seems like that nothing's getting better. There's a thrill of hope. God sees you. If you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm in a dark place right now. I need be able to hold on to let go of the things that I'm holding on to and grab a hold of this hope that you're talking about that you slip up your hand thank you, thank you, thank you I need hope I need hope you absolutely cannot make it without that hope Listen, if Mary and Joseph wouldn't have the hope of the promise that they would, were given. Would have been an issue. They had been through so much stuff. But they held on to the hope. They held on to the hope. You're not here this morning by accident. God sees you. God wants you to have that hope. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I've never truly put my complete hope and confidence in Christ. I've never asked Him to be Lord of my life. I've never made the confession. Never told Him that I want to follow Him. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. For 
you, man, the day that I made that decision, I'll never forget it. Absolutely will never forget it. I was in an old country church. My mom was sitting on the end because that was the way to keep us in the pew. And the altar call was given. And I wanted to get out. I knew I needed to come to that altar. And I had to fight through my mom because she thought I was going to get up and run around. And I got past her. And I came and knelt. The Bolt Church of God. And that day changed my life forever. That day, I realized that I had a thrill of hope. And many of you can tell the same story. And if you raised your hand that you've never made that decision, today is the day that you realize that there's a thrill of hope. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. It's still early. There's no doubt in my mind that God wants to do something in the lives of people here this morning. So as they begin to sing, if you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you, say, Pastor, why do you do altar calls? Why do you ask people to come forward? I'm convinced that the prayer of righteous men works. I'm convinced that life together is better. I'm convinced that when people gather around and they believe the God that we serve and ask for the things that that He has promised us, that there's power in that. Sure, we could just have a prayer and go to the house. But I'm convinced that there's power when people get together and pray. So if you're here this morning, as they sing and as I begin to pray, I'm going to ask you not to hesitate. Don't let the enemy steal your thrill of hope. Don't leave here in the darkness of night. There's a new and a glorious morning coming. And we want to pray with you. So as I begin to pray, make your way to this altar. You won't come alone. We're going to pray with you. We're going to believe with you that you can hold on to that thrill of hope. So right now, don't hesitate. Father, I come before you this morning. God, you see those who raise their hand. God, you see their heart. God, you see what they're going through. God, you know exactly what they need. God, allow them to know that there is a thrill of hope. There is a new morning that this darkness of night will not last forever. That in this moment right now, God, that you will come down. And God, that you will 
give them this hope that they're looking for. God, there's so many of us who are walking right now in darkness. God, we're struggling. God, our marriages are struggling. God, our our finances are struggling. God, we have anxiety. We have fear. We have depression. God, everything is so relevant in this life. And God, I pray right now, by your power, Holy Spirit, speak to their hearts. Holy Spirit, allow them to know that there is hope. There is hope that it's built on nothing less than your blood and your righteousness. God, don't let us put our hope in anything else. Oh God, we trust in your name. Get a hold of that song this morning, church. 